SteinbachOnline.com, the voice of our community. All right, joined in studio with the rambling man himself, Mr. Quentin Blair. Good day, sir. Good day, my friend. Uh, been a long time. How's things? Busy, busy. There's always something on the go. Yeah, I guess it's when right. you're sitting still, that's when that's the problem, right? That's right. It's, it actually, and I feel like maybe I've been sitting still for a while, so maybe that's why I'm excited to get back out and, and start pushing again. So Yeah, we're going to talk about all of that, uh, getting into the new music as well, the excitement of releasing, maybe the new uh, album details as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's got to fire you up. Is this the exciting time as an artist when you have new music? You know, that's just released and, and there's more stuff in the future that you can actually see being released? I think I think it's almost twofold because there's, like, you're always thinking in maybe like a two-year block or an 18-month block. That's typically what they'll say. But um, that's that's an album cycle. That's how long it takes to put out one, uh, an album and if you're going to release um, a song every six or eight weeks, let's say, for the first span of that. And then after that, you're kind of playing your festivals and tour dates supporting those songs if you've released. That's why it's typically that 18 month window, but there's so much time that goes into it, the the lead up to it. And so, you know, we started this process, we started doing a bunch of tunes back in December and we've got one out ready to go, but we've also got three more coming. Like, so we're going to be kind of pretty consistent with being able to put some stuff out. We got four videos lined up that we're shooting this summer. And um, I think there's no there's no scheduled release date yet, but I think a, a fair release date would probably be next spring sometime. Uh, but we're gonna release a bunch of singles between now and then, and a lot of content. But it's it's like it's like a culmination of a whole bunch of different things coming together and planning and doing research and figuring out. You know, like so much has changed since the last time I put out a record. And it's like, <laughs> how does like how do streaming services work, and how do you really maximize them because on the previous records that didn't matter so it's a lot of this kind of like researching and, and kind of combing through things and then you see it start to come together and I think that's what makes it so exciting is going there are so many hours in this that people don't even know about but all of those hours just continue to get you kind of amped up about it's out now and people are giving me feedback they're hearing it on the radio and they're saying oh I, I like this or and it's and it's up tempo. Yeah, it is. It's it's a different kind of sound for you. It kind of yeah. It's a rodeo party kind of song. That's right. It kind of breaks me out of the. Uh, so many times I like to be like that artistic uh, storyteller kind of country, and this is still a story, and this is still artistic, but it's a polka. Yeah. So it's a mover. It's a toe tapper. Yeah. <laughs> but again, the story is there, and the, and that's really uh, what the root of you is all about. It's telling a story. Uh, there's, I, I just as a songwriter, that's just the way that I can communicate is by telling a story or painting a picture. That's usually how I think about it. Um, even even this song, like um, I, I try to create a visual a visual scene that allows you to be there. So it starts off, he can see his shadow on the wall where he sits. I was literally sitting in my writing room and the light was behind me casting a shadow on the wall and that was the way that I found into the song. And I was kind of struggling with how do I, how do I get this verse going and and that was it, and then the rest of the song kind of... All right, so off. explain to me, writing an up-tempo story song as opposed to a slower story song, because you think about, like, 300,000 kilometers, you think mm -hmm. about even time keeps on ticking. Mm -hmm. that, that's Those are a little bit slower. I mean, like, yep. they, they yep. still have an emotion. Like, They're mid-tempo. Mid-tempo would be the definition, yeah. Yeah, that's, and now you're doing an up-tempo yeah. with still telling a story. How different is that approach for you, switching from mid-tempo to up-tempo? Well, the purpose was actually to write an up-tempo. So, because so many of my songs, like even if you think about like Blues Man or something, like these songs are, all, I write them all slow and then one of them we sped up, but the rest of them we kept slow. <laughs> and it's like, even, even like uh, Fallen Around was, was like, like kind of a rockier kind of song, but um, 
that started out as kind of like a slow acoustic kind of song too. So it's a lot of my writing, but I think because for so many years my writing was happening at 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock at night, and so just kind of quietly playing. And and um, now I just don't write anymore, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> no, I try I try to be a little bit more more specific. But actually now I now I sit on the back porch or the front porch and and just pick my guitar. So again, it doesn't matter what time I guess I'm writing. I'm, I'm always on my acoustic guitar writing quietly. So this song was like, I need an up-tempo song. So it's like, a, okay, you start, you start, just play. Play fast so that your your mind's going to think fast and your rhymes will come fast. And uh, that's how it works. But it's funny because when I wrote the song, it was, um, my, my grandmother had just passed away and she was a very wise woman. And so I wanted like a seize the day life is short kind of song. And uh <laughs> I wrote this chorus about how we don't have much time. Make it count when you're here. And I, I couldn't write the verses that, that kind of matched up accordingly and then fit the up-tempos. And, and then I so it's a song about a trailer park. And, <laughs> and this, this kind of weird, twisted story. And, and now it's kind of funny. You know, thanks, Grandma. I think this yeah. one's for you. Uh, sorry, <laughs> I did my best. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, uh, again, you just you pull from real life and then you make it into a song, and it, and that's what makes it relatable, and that's why people can hear it and close their eyes and kind of picture their own life. Because I mean, I think a lot of people when they hear your music, because it's so well crafted, they can see a story like a movie playing out in their mind. And with your music, you can put each individual in that story and and that's a very unique thing and you got to take a lot of pride in that ability i i do enjoy that and I, and I don't know what really makes that happen other than the fact of i oftentimes try to think of it like a painting and go okay what piece is missing what else do i need to add into this or what would what would be the splash of color that i need and in this situation it's almost like a quirky weird over the line story not over the line but just like it's just it's it's not my life. <laughs> it, it was maybe it was. It was. I was writing from a from a far different standpoint as to what I thought might be um, an interesting story. But uh, yeah, it just kind of the the way that the rhymes kind of fell together just naturally. The way that the musicians kind of brought it together. And then we, when we were in the studio, see, typically the way that I'll do it. John Hyatt is a, is a big influence of mine. He he wrote uh, um, Memphis in the meantime. It's a great kind of rock song. But he also wrote. Um, have a little faith in me, or he wrote uh, "Come on, baby, drive south." For uh, was that Susie Bogus? I think that was Susie. Bo I can't believe I don't know this. This is the Music Minute. <laughs> this is the Music Minute freeze. Maybe. Yes, this is the unedited yeah, the yeah. Music <laughs> Minute. This is how the process works. Absolutely. <laughs> but he wrote that song in, his, in this in the way that John Hyatt operates. The funny part about this song is that. John wrote this song, and he wrote Angel Eyes, too, for Jeff Healy Band. Which is a great, great song. It's one of Jeff's biggest songs. I know, but if you ever look at, um, if you ever look at uh, John Hyatt's like, greatest hits, he doesn't include the songs that he wrote for other people, which a lot of times, like even like a Rodney Crowell who wrote um, uh, Raining on Sunday for Keith Urban, he still plays that song. And, or, or Derek Rattan still plays Hold My Beer, even yeah. though you know um, Aaron Prochette was the one who recorded it. Um, but, but it's almost like John says, like, no, those are not my songs, and these are my songs. But Interesting. Then but then they're like obscure because these are hits, and we know them. Yeah. And they're like, well, why aren't you playing the hits? But you know, but, and, that's a part of the, and that's the fun thing about the music minute is you get to learn the history behind all yeah, these great yeah, songs yeah. and how many, like, oh, the number one hits that we know have very little to do with the person that's singing them. Absolutely, <laughs> most of them. The most majority, of them, the yeah. majority. I mean, yeah. songwriting is is a very different animal, and it, not everybody can do it. Yeah. And that's why, you know, people like yourself, and you think about all the great unsung heroes down in Nashville, and 
and all across the world. Yeah. Man, like that is that is a talent that few have. Well, and it, and it's such an such a weird industry on its own. So you've got that like fishing in the dark was written by two people who'd never written a song and it was a joke. And then it happens to be one of the biggest hits of all time. And one and of your favorites. He, <laughs> you love the nitty gritty dirt band. I love the dirt band. I don't necessarily love Fish in the Dark. But the problem <laughs> is, you know, if I played if I played a different dirt band song, you know, Working Man Nowhere to Go or High Horse or something like that, no one would know it. So it's like I got Cadillac Ranch from Fish in the Dark and here you go. Hey. I'm happy that you like it and I'll sing it for you every night. There you go. That's right. good. Speaking about singing every night, you're getting into that season. You're getting ready for that season oh. now. You're playing live again. Yeah, yeah. And, and it I know good. it's tiring. I know that it's some late nights, and it's really what you love to it's do. It's the best, though. It's the be- And, you know, like I was having some meetings up in Edmonton. We were, we played in Jasper this spring at the uh, rodeo that we always play out there. And um, I'm, I've caught up with uh, with a friend of mine who does a lot of artist management, and she does some consulting work for me. And we're talking, and she goes, like, what's really the, the purpose of your band? Is She's like, is it a like, – do you try to get hits on the radio? And I said, Well, no. I'm I'm so weird that 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 not all radio embraces me. It's like I I, I like the traditions of country music. I don't try to, to infuse pop into it, which is such a big thing if you're looking at national and international radio. Well, 100 percent. Everything now is it's kind of poppy and it's very up produced and it's very yeah. energetic. I will say. Well, and, and it's funny because I. I I don't. I think I cut this part out. Um, my music minute last week was running too long, so I had to cut this part out. But uh, Travis Tritt was in an inter- interview, and they said, uh, you know, if he says if you walk into any radio station and ask them what do they want to hear, ninety nine percent of them will say we want something up tempo that makes you feel good. And then what his argument is is that going well, life isn't like that. Life has ups and downs, and if we don't include the downs, then we're diluting our pool of songs and our pool of emotions that we're going to experience in the day. But when I was in this songwriting conference a few years ago with Ralph Murphy, he was saying, you target to write a song towards a middle-aged woman at 8 o'clock in the morning. If that person will listen to your song, then you have a good song. And so that's the hard part is like songwriting becomes such a business that it's so specifically targeted. And I purposely stay outside of that box. And I don't try to say, okay, who's thinking about this at this exact moment, what demographic? I try to go, who's going to relate? Is this relatable to someone? And that's always what I want. So I don't mind writing sad songs. I've got some great sad songs coming. But So before we get back into the performing side of things, at what point did you, you come to that realization in your life that you, you're okay with being on the outside? You're okay with doing things your own way? Was it a conscious effort when you first started in music or did that come with maturity of the business? It comes with maturity. There's a lot of insecurity in, in any kind of artistry, right? And going, am I doing the right thing? Is this kind of the direction that I really want to be heading? Or I, I feel like these people want this or these people want that. And it eventually you get to the point, you know what? I'll be me and you can like me or you can hate me or be indifferent. And I don't really care because what drives me is just me being me. Right. And so there were times when I used to struggle wearing the cowboy hat because I'd go to places where not everyone wore the cowboy hat. I'm like, you know what? If I if I'm going to the superstore and I wear a, I'm not dressing up. This is how I dress. This is who I am. This is what I do. And you know what? If you don't like that, then sorry. Hey, yeah, it's not it's not everybody's cup of tea, but not everybody likes, you know, every song on the radio. That's and, right. and people but, turn it up or they'll turn it off. And for years the most intimidating group of people for me was to play for hippies. And I say that I mean, loosely, but if you go to a folk festival, it's like, you know, everyone's there. I'm like, man, I, I just, I don't, I don't know that our lives, 
I, I mean, I, I respect you, you respect me, but, but like, I just don't know if our ideologies are the same or, or what. And, and I'm worried not, not, I'm wearing this kind of cowboy hat instead of a flat brimmed hat, which like all the cool folky guys wear. Maybe I should wear one of those hats. When I do, I look like, like I'm, like I'm a, a Haldeman yeah. or, or a, like, yeah, with, like got the you big got the beard. Big beard and, and you the got flat, the flat black yeah, hat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, it, I mean, it's, it's just. Right up in horse and buggy. Yeah, yeah. I get why people get confused. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that, do, do you put that thought process into where you play? Like. Does it matter anymore, or are you just like, you know what, this is me. You know what you're getting when you ask me to play a, a certain venue. For the Maybe for the most part, yeah. yeah. I, I'm just kind of comfortable going, I'm going to show up and I'm going to play how I want to play. But at the same point, too, like I I, I, I enjoy kind of reading the crowd and getting something different. Sure. And so that's that's also a fun element of it, going, okay, what's going to connect with these people? Or if you're playing like a like a, a bunch of bikers or, or truckers or, you know, you got to kind of mold the show and mold your banter in between. You know, I still love doing the house shows, yeah. but now that we're into summertime, everything's outside and it's festivals and you don't maybe have the same amount of time that you can talk and, and kind of drag on a story. So you're kind of being quick, 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 let's, let's get through this and um, play as many songs as we can and maybe tell less stories. But Now, uh, with that season starting to come up, are you going to be doing solo shows? You're going to have... Uh you're gonna have Wild Bill with you. You're gonna have the band with you. Like, what what can we expect as we get into the summer months here? Well, Wild Bill really let me down this summer. <laughs> well, this is gonna be a story. <laughs> well, hey, you know, actually, what ended up happening? He's, he's got some family out uh, in the Western United States, and he just said, "I want to take the month of July off." And uh, so, no solo shows, but then no Wild Bill either. Um, but um, I've got a new replacement—not uh, a replacement, but uh, a new a new family member because we refer to the band as the family so who's in and there's there's six guys seven guys who are like the core members of the band but sometimes you know so and so's off in toronto or so and so um well, the musicians man they play the good ones play all over the country for yeah. all kinds of different people yeah. and i don't think they get enough credit for like being able to play different bands and different shows yeah. and it, it, they do amazing work well two of my guys play with uh, a fella named tim Tim Newfeld, Tim and the Glory Boys. Yeah. So they're doing just some great things. So they're gone for half the year, it seems like, uh, on the bus touring, and then they're getting a bunch of fly dates in the summertime playing festivals. And so they're doing great. Tim's a great dude, and, you know, Brenton and John, fantastic. I miss them like crazy when they're not on my shows, but at the same point, you sit there and go, these are your best friends, and this is a great opportunity. They're playing Boots and Hearts in Toronto. Like, That's of course, huge. I don't expect you to stay home and play the Marshand Ranch Rodeo as much as, to me, I would rather play the Marshand Ranch Rodeo yeah. than I would to go to play Boots and Hearts. But, you know, it's just kind of one of those things. But So no solo shows this summer, actually. Everything is trio is kind of the smallest formation that we go down to in the summertime. So, um, so it's Adam playing bass and Mikey playing drums, and they're both great singers. So Adam's the, the fellow who actually produced the, the tune and stuff. So... Um, they're great singers, great players, and so we have a lot of fun doing that. And then uh, when we can, we bring in all the different pieces to the puzzle. Which is, again, is kind of like playing around with the family. again. like you said, you're just on the porch, and then family members jump in with their instruments, and exactly. uh, they just pick up right where you're going. It's, exactly. And we it's, don't like rehearsing either. We can know. tell sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes we can tell. <laughs> <laughs> where we sit right now, we're in the middle of June, so when, does it, uh, when do you start getting going? Do you have the first show in mind already? Uh, well, we're into Saskatchewan this weekend for a couple of dates, and then Country Fest is a big day, and that's the day that everyone can stream the, the new song. So what happens is I release a song out so that radio can spin it and play it, um, but then I wanted to kind of hold it back and, and just 
almost just provide that opportunity to say, hey, thank you for always supporting me. You know, you guys are such a big part of everything that I've been able to do. So I just wanted to be able to have it where it's like, you have it first. And then, and I think that's actually how we'll continue to release music, just let you get it, play it a little bit, and then a couple weeks later. And that's reverse because if you talk to Mike Denny, who's like from MDM Recordings. Well, he was just in with Don Amaro, yeah. actually. And, and yeah, we were, ta- we were talking about it. But and yeah. they do the reverse. Yeah. And, and, you know, how do you, I mean, but then again, that's going after national radio. So how do you get national radio to spin an artist? You have to prove that all these people like it. So you got to go and get a million spins on Spotify before, and, and yeah. then release it to radio. So again, here I am living outside the box, just going, you know what? Just doing what you do. <laughs> I am who I am, and this <laughs> is the way I want to do it, so that's what I'll do. All right, so tell us about the new song. It's called After They're Gone. Because my goodness. Oh, man, it's a polka. When's the last time you heard a polka on the radio, hey? It's been <laughs> too long. And you know what? Ukrainians are going to love it. I know. They just dig a polka. Yep. And you just know that that is going to be one of those tunes that when you're doing your show, that is the one that cranks it up. Yeah, and you know what's crazy? So so we I was talking about John Hyde before. I didn't finish even telling that story. So full circle. Um, John Hyde writes songs, tours them, and then records them. And that's actually what we do. So we've been playing this song for a bit. And already it it's taken over like Bluesman. This is the show closer. And it was funny because people didn't even know the song yet, but we had to, it just, you couldn't put this early in the set because you're like, we can't top that. And so it's fiddle driven and Brenton just tears it up. And, and there's like, so he's got like this Louisiana fiddle kind of sawing over the chorus. And then Wild Bill's playing a lot of the, uh, the Telecaster and he's got a lot of, um, Bakersfield kind of sounds to it. So so Roy Nichols played guitar for um, Merle Haggard. So he's got some some almost Buck Owens and, and Roy Nichols happening on the guitar. And then the song's about Trailer Park. So. But it's a great song. I love it. <laughs> uh, okay, so we got about a minute here. Uh, Vita Canada Day is a big show for you. You've shot a music video from there before. Yeah, and it's really interesting this year because we've we've had so many great times in Vita. But I'm rodeoing in Vita this year. I'm not playing in Vita, so it's like it's like this it's just like this weird but but like really happy kind of, kind of homecoming party. <laughs> yeah, it's like I don't got to work tonight. I just got to ride, and then I get to, to to actually sit there and hang out with my friends. And that's actually one of the strange parts that as many times as you're out there playing, I get about thirty seconds with each person that I talk to, because I've got only a certain number of minutes. But then I have to be back on stage. So. Sometimes you feel a little bit hollow when you play these hometown shows and you know all these people there and you can't talk to any of them. So I'm actually really excited to ride and then hang out. Uh, all right, Quentin. Uh, again, where can people get information? Where can we track you? Where can we find touring dates and stuff? You know, you can you can uh, find it all at quintinblair.com. I also am re- trying to be really active on, on different streaming services. So Spotify has all tour dates, but it also has playlists. So what I'm starting to do is put out playlists. So if you ever want to know what I'm listening to, just follow me there and I'll let you know. Q, I would love that we can put this on the Steinbeck Online podcast so people can hear it in its entirety. And we can't wait to have you in again for another extended chat. We can talk about life on the farm and and uh, just what it's like with your daughter because Father's Day was uh, not too long ago. And, yeah. And I know that's always a special day for dads and, and for you in particular as well. Yeah. So yeah, getting Brookie to run around, that had to be a lot of fun for you. Yeah, we were vaccinating calves in Marchand. She's sitting on the back of the horse all day. So. And you wouldn't have it any other way? No, I wouldn't. Quentin, uh, we appreciate it. We can't wait for more new music. We already love the new one. And, uh, Matt, thanks for doing this. We really appreciate it. Thanks for all the support, pal.